This is the Texas Standard. I'm David Brown. An area of the Texas Gulf Coast that contributed significantly to the state's oyster harvest is in trouble. Thanks to disasters, natural and man-made, along with overfishing, the number of oysters in Galveston Bay has reached near levels of extinction. Now, fishery and wildlife experts across the state, and indeed the country, are pinning their hopes on a plan to bring the bivalves back. Lance Robinson is the deputy director of the Coastal Fisheries Division at Texas Parks and Wildlife. Lance, welcome back to the Texas Standard. Nice to be here. How bad off is the oyster population in Galveston Bay? I mean, what what are some of the contributing factors here? Well, certainly we've, we've seen a number of changes that have happened over the last 10 years or so. Uh, I think everything really um, hinged on Hurricane Ike uh, in 2008. Um, prior to that, that storm, Galveston Bay accounted for uh, 70, 80 percent uh, of all the oysters harvested and landed in the state of Texas. Overnight, that storm uh, with the sedimentation that uh, the storm surge brought in uh, silted over and killed over half of the oyster mm. reefs in that system. And, and consequently, the, the landings have uh, dropped since then and a number of other issues that have happened in, uh, since that time. Uh, that you uh, sort of alluded to, some some natural disasters, uh, flooding, uh, drought, uh, certainly the high demand for oysters uh, on the market uh, led to, you know, a, a concerted effort by industry to meet that demand. And all of those uh, impacts, all of those uh, incidents kind of led to this cumulative impact of events that, that have kind of got us to the point today where, uh, you know, the, the production of oysters in Galveston Bay is it's just a small percentage of what it uh, had been in the past. Is this a problem unique to Galveston Bay, or are we seeing this up and down the Gulf? Well, throughout the Gulf, uh, we're seeing declines in oysters uh, in other states as well. A lot of that's being driven by uh, freshwater events, flooding, and, and certainly uh, harvest pressure is high. Again, kind of reaching that that high demand for this product. Yeah. A lot of people like oysters, and and so uh, the, certainly the industry is trying to help meet that demand. Okay. Uh, well, so so what is the big idea? What uh, what could be done to bring the oysters back? Is it possible? Well, certainly it is. I mean, we have to can't lose sight of the fact that oysters uh, are an incredibly resilient animal. I mean, they've been around for millennia. They they live in a very dynamic environment. These these bays and estuaries. Uh, where they live, uh, go through extremes, droughts and high salinities and flooding events and temperature extremes. And the oysters can't move. They're sessile organisms attached. Uh, and so they have to withstand all of those changes. And so that's working in our favor, certainly. The animal is is very resilient. It has some physiological um, unique characteristics that also allowed it to be a survivor. So the goal here is to get substrate back into the bay. Uh, and we're looking at a number of um, techniques and methodologies to try to get more of that substrate into the now, into Galveston not, not to get lost on words like substrate, but what we're talking about, as I understand it, is like an oyster reef? It is. It's an oyster reef. We're putting down a hard material. Usually uh, oyster shell is ideal, uh, but we can also use other materials like um, uh, um, river rock or limestone. And so we place that material on the bottom and that provides that that surface, that hard surface that is needed for that juvenile oyster to attach to cement and begin to grow. So would you, so in theory, I mean, is it possible that you could just sort of pour a, a, a wall of clean concrete and, and, and hope that the oysters come back? 
Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. We will place that that crumbled material, whether it's concrete or the river rock, uh, like uh, gravel uh, size, and it'll just be broadcast or distributed right across the bottom. Uh, oyster larvae, they're, they they look for dark crevices. So the the more crevices and openings hmm. within that reef structure, the better for oysters to to recruit to. Let's talk best case scenario here. Uh, are we talking about? I mean, if this if this works. How long would it take to get you back up to the levels that you used to see in Galveston Bay? Uh, you know, from the time we put that material in the water uh, and it gets colonized by these juvenile oysters, it'll take two years for that oyster to reach uh, that three-inch legal size for harvest. And so uh, it's just continually getting that material down on the bottom and allowing those oysters to colonize and grow and and then they will spawn and add more uh, larvae into the water, more juveniles. And I have to ask before I let you go, has this process started yet of building those reefs, or what are you waiting for? Well, we've created a number of reefs around the bay since the hurricane, since Hurricane Ike, probably at a little over 12, 1,500 acres that we were able to restore um, at a cost of, you know, 12, 15 million dollars. Uh, and so this effort that we're you know, working collaboratively with the Nature Conservancy mm-hmm. is looking at a little, little different approach. It's kind of a landscape scale approach, looking at the use of uh, what we would call uh, a sanctuary reef. We build these reefs where uh, there would be no harvest allowed, and therefore those oysters that grow on those structures provide the seed or the larvae I that see. help colonize other parts of the bay. And so we, it's a bigger approach, more of a landscape approach to um, uh, restoration, and, and we think it's uh, some it looks looks very promising as as some of the preliminary data that we've collected. We've been speaking with Lance Robinson. He is deputy director of the Coastal Fisheries Division at Texas Parks and Wildlife. Lance, thanks again. You're very welcome.